0: Support for this podcast comes from Smart Water. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smart Water Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure, it's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit DrinkSmartWater.com.
1: Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit lions. That's right, Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each 2-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has 8 grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's gonna be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And they use locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to righteousfelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. The POD is for postmortem. There's no D in postmortem, but I'm going to pronounce it like there is one. Pride of Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook, live on Twitch TV slash Pride Detroit. As we come here, uh what's what's the line from, from Julius Caesar? Not to not to eulogize Caesar, but to bury him. I don't know. Whatever. I, I thought I was a Shakespeare expert, and to be honest, I'm too shaken from this game. I also woke up with a squirrel in my face on Saturday. Uh, More on that in a break. But we have a lot to dig up for this team. We have a lot of problems to talk about for this team. Festivus came early, and it's time to just completely just... This was the the game where the bow broke. On all the feel-good, all the upbeat, on all the, you know, I-will-take-ownership, there's some stormy vibes ahead, but Pride of Detroit is always about therapy, first and foremost. And I am your unlicensed practitioner, Christopher Fett, at Christopher Fett on Twitter, and I cannot help you get pills. With me, as always, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader, the producer of, of Pride of Detroit, Jeremy Reisman at Detroit Online, who I, I'm sure has many
2: fears today. Fear is definitely not the primary emotion I'm feeling. Rage. Currently pissed off is pretty close yeah okay yeah i feel like we've done this
1: podcast
2: before too many
1: fucking times yes
2: too many times and sorry this is gonna get the explicit rating this week because it is uh i'm not holding back there's no No. reason to hold back
1: there's really not uh ryan matthews at ryan underscore pod senior editor is also in here um sad and pissed off as well, I'm sure. Go Pistons. Is it that time of year?
2: <clears throat> go on Red to Wings.
1: Onto the next hype train, uh, onto the next hype vehicle. Let's go Red Wings. Okay. I feel like we do this too many times. And unfortunately, we have to do it again here because this is a loss that this is the two punch in a one-two punch from the Seahawks game. First you lose in the Seahawks game, the way you lose giving 40 up 48 points, that offense led by Geno Smith. Then, the, then you come to this game and you set an NFL record for failed fourth down t- uh, conversions at 0 for six record that stood for about 27 years. And you give Bailey Zappi a third string quarterback and a rookie short field to work with. And your defense is beyond banged up. So there's a lot to unwind from this. I don't know how long this podcast is going to go because to be honest, I don't know how long it's going to take for us to just burn out from rage and, and frustration. So I'm just going to hand it over to Jeremy because I feel like I need to go to the leader for <laughs> Jeremy. What, what you yeah, want if, me, do you want
2: me you're to looking these, for inspiration? What, what do you got, buddy? I'm not, I'm not looking what... <laughs> for, I'm not looking for inspiration. I'm looking for the sword. I mean, I don't know. You you went into this week hoping that the Lions were, were going to have some sort of miracle turnaround on defense like they did on offense last year. You were hoping that they would come into this game offensively and, and do what they do well. And And listen, like this game was not out of hand in the first half. It was six to nothing. And you had the ball in Patriots territory late in the second half. And. I know there's going to be a lot of talk about going for it on fourth and nine. And rightfully so that that was kind of Dan Campbell at his most extreme. And if you, I mean, if you're going to, you're going to kick Austin Seibert to the curb for missing a couple of field goals in one game and not trust the guy that you bring in for him for a 50 yarder, you're not even going to give him a shot in a game that was, I mean, we all knew Ryan, we knew this was going to be a game in which we were going to grind out possessions. It was going to be low scoring. And so you don't need to, to do this Rams game plan where you're, you're planning for a shootout. The game was under control. And listen, I'm not going to let Jared Goff off the hook for this week because it, it's one thing to go for it on fourth and nine. It's another thing to do exactly what he did, which was crap his pants when there was pressure over and over and over and over again. And listen, I'm going to
1: fourth and two in a one yard pass to Amon Ross. St.
2: Brown is incomprehensible. That, that coaching is a whole nother issue because the fourth down conversions weren't on Jared Goff. They were on horrible ridiculously I mean Jamal Williams at fullback who didn't see that one coming that he was going to get the ball it's ridiculous but I I mean I, I don't I don't know where to start man like there's just so much rattling in my head and and the primary emotion that I'm like I'm looking at the New York Giants four and one I'm looking at the New York Jets three and two how come all of these rebuilds take a lot quicker and we have to sit here and be like well let's fold our hands well give them another year like we're getting worse. We're getting worse. The defense is getting worse. The offense, maybe not as good as we thought it was. Jared Goff's certainly not as good as, as a lot of people seem to think he was. So I don't know where we go from here, man. Because it's not you're like you take that 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 gif of 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 Dan Campbell after the win. Oh, we're all trending up. Certainly doesn't look like it to me, man. Certainly doesn't look like it to me. Wh- where is where's, where's this team trending up right now? Where, where, Where is the source of hope right now? Well, it was the offense, right? How many points did they score today?
0: Same as you did. Good point. Um, yeah, you had a tweet, Jeremy, where you said, I don't know where this team goes from here, man. And I joked and I said, this tweet was actually saved from your drafts, October 31st, 2021. Um, back right when the Lions laid an egg against the Philadelphia Eagles. Sure. This is way worse. This is much worse. You know why? Because we're a full offseason away from that. Why? I, exactly to your point, Jeremy, why isn't this team... Why are other builds, other rebuilds taking hold versus this rebuild right now that seems to be painstakingly terrible? Like... The Lions, for all intents and purposes, should not be sitting at one and four heading into the bye.
1: This was supposed to be the easy part of the schedule.
2: I maintain they are a better team than the Patriots. I do.
0: Yeah.
2: I think. I think if this game hadn't gotten out of hand, they, you they should have been able to settle. Like they were. Yeah. Kind, they were almost outplaying them in the first half. It's just, can I tell you what? though? Mike on, on a short take, uh,
1: forgiving their offense short fields with fourth down conversions and not pinning them by punting them deep. They, I, I the, the, the Patriots, hold on, hold on. My point go ahead, is that the defense, there's problems with the defense, but they kept the, except for one offensive touchdown, they kept the Patriots out of the end zone. To your point, that's why I'm saying like, it was winnable. Cause yeah. you like Ben don't break was happening. Ben don't break was happening on defense. Sure.
2: Guess, so even guess, with I mean, the offense
1: doing them no favors.
0: Can, can we rub our own shoulders right now? Can we kind of like wax poetically about like what we do here at Pride of Detroit? Because when we did first bite with Hate S. Brian and he was like, Kyle Duggar's really good. He's going to lock down TJ Hawkinson. Where was he today? Oh yeah, that's right. He showed up on the stat sheet when he caught a pass in the fourth quarter. And then he showed up earlier in the stat sheet when he had a holding penalty on, on a first down run. That was TJ Hawkinson's afternoon. And what did Kyle Duggar do today, Jeremy? I believe he had a, a touchdown. He did he a touchdown. He did. He did score a touchdown on defense. Um, this game was six to nothing, like well into the second quarter. Like this game felt like it was still well within reach until halftime. Like halftime happened, and then the Lions were down sixteen nothing, and it was like, uh, well, you know, maybe some
2: adjustments at halftime. I mean, that i mean that's what makes it so fucking disappointing right is like we've been trained by this coaching staff to oh they, this team you know never gives up they fight so hard grit grit i listened
1: like, on the radio broadcast and i heard lomas brown use the words in that fourth quarter that it looks like the te- it looks like this is the kind of game where you just can give up or like not not those exact words but to that point to your point there like the, this is a team that's not
2: supposed to quit and it looks like they just threw in the towel for this one. And I, I'm I'm sorry, but this isn't the first time this has happened in Dan Campbell's era. I, I know we all like to point to how last year finished, but there were a couple blowouts last year too. This well, isn't there are plenty of them. Yeah. yeah. Like this is a team that doesn't always fight. And listen, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna say it. Like I I was not concerned about losing the locker room up until today. Now I'm a little concerned about it because listen. The Lions made some unpopular decisions in the coaching staff today in the secondary. They benched some guys. It came back to bite them in the ass. I'm not going to completely fault them for that. Cause who, who was going to know that five guys were going to get injured in the secondary. That said not only benching Amani, but making him inactive was a risk. And, and Campbell's response was he didn't play special teams for us. So whatever. Great. But you need a backup. You need a guy who can play defense out there. And you trusted a lot of guys who've never been out there before. And it it ended up biting you in the ass. And listen, as much as I wanted to dismiss it, that Savion Smith Instagram story, I'm sorry, that Deshaun Elliott Instagram story saying he wants to get the fuck out of Detroit and he just so happens to get benched at the beginning, like to start this game. I suddenly don't think that's a coincidence. And if your safeties are saying that in the middle of the week and putting it on their burner Instagrams, Maybe we had an issue. I want to go back
1: to Ryan. You said something about last year before going into the bye with that Eagles game. Yeah. And I feel like this is worse going into this bye because unlike that year, we could at least point to one vector that was causing the most problems for the team back then. It was the offense. It was the play calling with Anthony Lynn. And it was, you know, it was controversial and it didn't work right out of the gate with Dan Campbell, but they at least had a a, a plan to resolve what was going on. What, what's, 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 what's the, there, there is no quick fix for this team right now going into the bye, You have to rip out like the entire
0: foundation at this point. You can't do that midseason. I mean, once again, I know we're talking about all the injuries that happened in the secondary. There's no DeAndre Swift. Amon Ross St. Brown was questionable all week. He had an ankle injury. And he was on Josh, a bit of a pitch count, yeah. Josh Reynolds had an ankle injury that clearly cropped up by the end of this game. Like, he was feeling it by the end of the day. I mean, this this offense has been hampered by injuries as well. And what they were able to do last week against Seattle was a little fugazi. I mean, I, I think that Ben Johnson schemed up a, a great game last week against Seattle. Um he also got some pretty darn good performances out of some players. But man, like I I I'm I'm really at a loss. I really don't know. Because I to, to your original point, Chris, when the Lions headed into the bye week last year after the Philadelphia game, there was at least a sense of I mean, this is what Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes inherited from Quintricia. Like this is what they inherited, and, and they've had to, you know, tear it down all the way down to the to the the bearings and they had to rebuild it back up. Expectations changed. They really did. And with the way that the Lions started this season, they looked competitive, at least against the Eagles. They they beat a bad team in Washington. And just the wheels have fallen off since then, like, and it, and it's hard to, it's hard to pinpoint blame, but injuries have decimated this football team. Sure like, have. truthfully, like, I mean, the, the depth, I, th- th- think about this guys. When we headed into this season, Amani Oruarie was the team's number one cornerback. Throughout training camp, throughout preseason, he was the team's number one cornerback. There was a competition between Will Harris and Jeff Okuda. Like, I'm not misremembering this. Amani Arouaria was
2: a healthy scratch today. I I mean... (laughs) I don't know what else to say, man. Like, I, I, I that I, wasn't I want- even a
0: question. So I'm sorry I, to try to, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry to try to like proposition you guys with nothing, but it's like, I, I'm just trying to like, here are the facts. Like, okay, with this being known, where do we go from here? But that, that, that's why I pointed out your tweet, Jeremy. Like, where do we go from here? Because I like, think I, I'm trying to make sense of all of it. I know that's what we're all trying to do right now is to make sense of it. But it, it, it seems incomprehensible is what's going on right now it remains and is becoming
1: more, more apparent to your point that I think the, the theme running through it is the coaching decisions are just bewildering. They just, they there's, there's little sense to the continued aggression in the face of just you being schemed for it and getting just your pants pulled down by Bill Belichick. There's no sense in what happened with poor warrior when you knew this team was already hurting and like i don't i people people the last thing people want to hear is dan campbell once again going up to the podium and saying this one's on me like yeah we know we know and that's that's the problem man that's what i mean like where i i feel grim after this game because it feels like any trace of the feel good of the Ted lasso of the positivity of everything that was kind of going through. I'm not blaming hard docs for this. I'm I'm just like that. That's always what it was be what it was for, for a year and change uh, for a year and a half of this team was, this is the message out here. And that's all evaporated. There's not a damn trace of it left right now. Maybe to Jeremy's point, I can't speak to the locker room. I don't want to hypothesize about it, but if it is losing it, if it is starting to be lost, then man, like I don't know. I thought Dan Campbell would make three years. I don't, and I know this is easy to say after the second of two very historic losses, but especially in losses that go completely different directions, when you go from hey, your defense can't d- defense can't uh, stop a cold to, hey, your offense can't do anything like there's there's nothing here there's nothing here and it feels like it needs to be hollowed out again. And that sucks because I always worried that if Dan Campbell failed, it would break fans in a really bad way. And guess what? I'm kind of seeing it right now. Fans are being broken in a really bad way.
2: They are for sure. I think there, there was an inherent trust. He's an easy guy to like. I think he's a smart guy. He's a charismatic guy. He's a good leader. Uh, And to be clear, I am not calling for anyone to get fired right now. No, None of us are calling for that.
1: That is not something we do on this podcast. But know plenty of people in the market are going to have that take.
2: But yes, yeah, so go, go on, Jeremy. I, I think I, I I just I wish I could see the defensive turnaround that we saw with the offensive turnaround. And listen, they weren't going to do it in a week, right? They weren't. They you know, they they dug up the roster. They they dug up the the scheme over this week and they made a bunch of changes that didn't work. And And I think it's worth pointing out last year when they made all those offensive changes midweek, it didn't work right away, right? I, th- I think the first game out of the bye was that Steelers game, which was maybe one of the ugliest games we've ever seen. Including yeah. this one. <laughs> yes. Um, so we need we need to give it all a little bit more time, but I'm not willing to give it that much more time, right? Like I I know, I know there are injuries. I know some guys are might uh, might come back and I know all that sort of stuff. And I see you pointing at your wrist. Relax. No, no, I'm saying clock is ticking. That's yes, what I, the that's clock what, is, okay. I, I'm not,
1: I'm not saying that you're out of time for this. <laughs> I am letting you rant. I'm saying, I I'm trying yes. to do a thing where I'm like, the clock is ticking for Dan Campbell.
2: Yeah, it is. And we, I mean, we came into the season knowing like the honeymoon is over. And to me, it's not just that the team is bad. It's that it's regressing. It's getting worse. And maybe, you know, you, you could look at this game a little closer and say, well, the defense was a little bit better than last week. And you wouldn't necessarily be lying. I think at times the run defense looked good. The final stat line sure doesn't look that way. Um, Pass defense. I, I can't say anything positive about when you let Bailey Zappi complete seventy whatever percent of his passes and basically have no, no issues getting out of pass rush or anything like that. But you you, you could point at this and be like, okay, maybe it was a step in the right direction for the defense. But to say take such a huge step back on offense, and to me, the problem isn't the aggression. I don't mind going for it six times on fourth down. The fourth and nine was really the only questionable one for me. It's the call, play calling on fourth and da, fourth down. It's the throwing to Amon Ra out of the backfield when everyone can see that coming when Josh when when Khalif Raymond is is streaking downfield wide open because everyone is collapsing on the your your one playmaker it's putting Jamal Williams at fullback and and anyone think you're going to give it to Craig Reynolds in that situation no you're going to give it to your power back everyone sees that one coming it it's Jared Goff taking a huge step back when anytime there's any bit of pressure he's trying you know whatever bad moves he has to get out of pressure and eventually throwing it away ten feet out of bounds instead of stepping up up and just firing one into someone trying to 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 at least give someone a chance to make a play out there. Jeremy, to your point,
0: I, I think a lot of people on Twitter they started piling on people, and I know that like if you speak ill of Jared Goff, there's a whole faction of people with fitch like with pitchforks the that are ready squad to like is ready fight. To go. Yeah, yeah, they're ready to fight back against you it's not that like Jared Goff is always making the wrong decision. It's just that in situations where things can get worse, Jared Goff exacerbates the problem. Like he makes things worse. So, Hey, all right. So through the first few weeks, Jared Goff was making like uncharacteristic decisions and was showing an ability to like escape pressure yeah. That like we hadn't seen throughout an entire year, right? Like yeah. I think that we came on this podcast and we were like, "Oh, Jared Goff is like he's he's making decisions in the pocket in terms of his pocket awareness. He's like moving around in in the in the spots that he should be moving around." And then today it was one eighty. Right. It was it was Jared it Goff like off the wagon. It was Jared Goff doing his little one eighty turn and like spinning back, and it it was it, it was just a. Again, to your point, Jeremy, it's regression, right? It, it's regression, and and it's and it's and it's moving backwards. And yes, I'll be the first one to also admit I thought Pass Pro was terrible in this game. Probably the worst game I've seen out of the offensive line in a minute. You know, we we kind of like turned we we raised an eyebrow, Jeremy, to like the five questions that you know um, Pat's pulpit answered for us, where they said like, "Well, oh, the Patriots patch us." pass rush is exceptional it's like oh is it because it doesn't look so on paper and then we all showed up to sunday and we saw matthew judon as jonathan vilma kept on saying uh taking other people's lunch and living rent free in taylor decker's head and then in penny sewell's head and then it was i mean goodness gracious it 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 was not good it was not good The detroit strength certainly was not it today right because it's their offensive line And like, they were very committed to running the football all throughout this game. Even when they were down by multiple scores, Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson were like, we're going to keep running the football because they couldn't pass it. They couldn't uh, throw the football. Yeah,
1: I I have thoughts on like this. This feels like the game. I know everyone's tried to bury him, but like this was the game where Bill Belichick, like he's he's seen Jared Goff before and he knows exactly what to how to get him off his sorts and he's seen the lions before he knows exactly he knew exactly where to hit him well and easy what?
0: chris because matt patricia and the lions gave bill belichick and the patriots the blueprint to stopping jared goff it's funny and i want to talk about the other side
1: because me and jeremy had this conversation on friday that it's fascinating that the patricia thing probably only mattered to fans at the end of the day it really mattered to darren mccarty but yeah continue Yes, well, we're already throwing names out here. Let's take a quick break. Um, do you, should <laughs> I, can, I, can I have on the podcast why a squirrel was on my face in the morning? Or is that a Twitch exclusive? That seems like a Twitch exclusive. Twitch exclusive coming up here for those watching us live. And um, we'll continue. This is going to be a short, shorter Twitch stream because uh, I can tell people want to, as our friend Jim Costa would say, uh, it's 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 cider mill season. It's a cider mill type of day. So we'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. But first, because we still have to keep the lights on around here, the Pride of Detroit POD cast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. They should probably eat more of it. That's right. Righteous felon jerky and meat sticks are available to lions players at the training facilities at Allen park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein. Each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me. If it's good enough for the lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. I should probably change that part of the copy because uh, that's, that's not what I should say after a game like this. Uh, Righteous felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania. They use locally sourced all natural black Angus beef jerky And prides itself in superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. I've been slinging around the turkey jerky, and to be honest, I'm going to go cry myself into some of it later. Maybe the uh, victorious B.I.G., the beer-infused jerky. I will probably do that. I will probably eat that and cry. Uh, You can go to RighteousFelon.com right now and use the promo code pod D fifteen. At checkout, get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Friday Detroit POD cast coming to you on a post-mortem of a tape that will probably be buried, burned, uh, vaporized from orbit, nuked, nuked again, trash compactored, another orbital strike, ions, gamma rays, things of that nature. Uh, I was asked to tee up Ryan about something. He would not even let me know what I'm supposed to tee it up. So, Ryan, what's on your mind? Is my adequate pass the baton to you. What is on your
0: mind, Ryan? Yeah. It seems a little bit of an extension from what we talked about in the first segment, but I think that there's totally room for apathy when it comes to this football team. Like, I, I think we're at that point. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it sucks because it's October 9th while we're recording this and you're listening to this on October 10th and you're like, Hey, I can always count on the pride of Detroit guys to like cheer me up with some, you know, if just this, that, or the other thing would have went right, then the Detroit lions are right back on track. I don't have anything for you, man. I'm sorry. I really don't. I, I don't, there's room for apathy with this football team right now and whatever you want to call it the, the cider mill games. You want to call it, you know, just go enjoy your life, find something else that, that'll keep you busy and interested on a Sunday watch red zone. You know what I mean? Like here's the thing. The bye week is arriving at just the right time because if there was another week of lions football that I would have to subject myself to right after this week of football, man, I do not have a lot to look forward to. I am very excited for week six to be, purely red zone all Sunday long. I get to watch other football teams. Hopefully I get to make fun of the bears. (laughs) Hopefully the rest of the NFC North looks like garbage. Um, But my, my, my overall point, and I I guess my question to, to you guys and whoever wants to take this, you, you can take it. If you want, we can move on. We can talk about individual player performances. I don't know why we would do that because who the hell wants to talk about anybody who played today? But my question to you is why do we need to keep caring about this football team right now? Because it's what I do.
1: Uh, okay. Because, because, because for whatever, I, I know I am the exception to the rule I find still, even when they're this bad, I take perverse pleasure in trying to discern this team because I feel like this is a, this is a, this is a, 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 a puzzle to crack. As I sit here and watch this, and to be honest, you mentioned apathy, and I think I've had a measure of apathy in me since 2014, since the picked up flag, and I've not been able to get it out since, and it kind of fuels a lot of my gallows humor. But I understand I'm not, this is more of a question, I think, where you're asking us to be the avatars of other fans. And to that one, I just don't have a good answer other than you are, uh, how do I say it, Ryan, Uh, you know, high school teacher, quixotic? Oh man, Don Quixote. I'm off the Don Quixote. Right Don Quixote oh. I mean, I love yeah. that, but, but like... It, like the, the adjective for it, you know, the, the idea that I'm just going to keep tilting at wind, like you're one of those fans who's going to keep tilting at windmills, yeah, yeah, yeah. expecting that one of these days, your pain is going to pay off and you're going to have the pride to say that you were always on board, which I don't even think is that's that to me, if I'm being very pragmatic is diluting yourself a bit, but sports are supposed to be fun and if you find fun or you find fulfillment that way, I will not fault you at all. If you if you want to find fulfillment by going and watching another team or watching Red Zone on Sunday, by all means, go and do that. If you want to find fulfillment by sitting here and charging once again up that hill and saying, damn it, I'm I'm here to watch this team and they can't get rid of me until they keep winning, do that. I'll probably be here with you. I'm not going to be chasing the pom-poms and everything. I'll just be kind of being like, boy, that was a, that was a rough tumble afterwards, wasn't it? But yeah, that's, that's all I've got on that. I'm too not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, all all great points to Jeremy. There was somebody on Twitter that was like, yeah, just, you know, pull the plug, you know, forget about this football team. And it's like, I really wish I could, except this is what I do for a living. (laughs) Like I watch these football games i talk about them i write about them and nobody does that more than you man so what are you gonna do
1: what are you gonna do brother let's (laughs) let's be honest too it's not like we're digging ditches over here either
0: yeah for sure but mentally this is just a little (laughs) bit more exhausting
2: yeah i mean it it sucks it's horrible um because there's going to be a large portion of lines fans who check out from now on. And I absolutely do not blame them. Um, Jer- Jeremy, to that point, how many, how many of people, how many of the people on staff,
0: myself included, I'm not beyond reproach. but like sure. during the Matt Patricia era, like yeah.
2: how many of us were like, you just about, like about, I, listen, I get it. It's for your own mental team? health. Yeah. It's It's, it's hard to, to continue to do this over and over again and line up for the Charlie Brown kick only for it to be pulled away over and over and over and over again. And, it's going to be hard to write about this team for the next three months, especially when no one wants to hear anything like I have to write my 2000 word previews to a group of people that don't give a shit. It's the worst. I hate it. Now, oh, if if man. you're asking me why I'm going to continue to watch and why I'd probably continue to watch even as a fan it's the same thing as last year. Now, like you, you throw away all the expectations for this year. You throw away any idea of, of maybe sneaking into a wild card or, or finishing anywhere, but last in the NFC North, like that's all probably going to happen, right? You're, you're, you're going to be a bad football team, but you not, you look at your young players. Like I, I know for whatever reason, I don't know if it's Sparty. I don't know if it's just people that are angry and want to throw shit everywhere. Just calling Aidan Hutchinson, a bust already. Relax. He's five games into Seriously. his freaking career. Um, so let's see him get better throughout the year. Let's see if we can get Josh Pascal in here and see if he can make some noise. Let's see if Jeff Okuda can continue to play pretty well when he's not getting flagged for ridiculous fucking pass interference flags. That ball was catchable. That was completely on the bench. uncatchable. He was on the ground and people. <laughs> he got looking, shoved and, down. He got he shoved down
1: and flagged.
2: flagged. Let's let's see if Malcolm can continue to get better. Like the I mean, there there are, are things to look forward to as there always is if you just kind of remove yourself from expectations and i think that's what this game does it's like okay i don't i don't need to pretend anymore i don't need to pretend that this team might be something that it's not i don't need to pretend that this is the team that can and will it's just the team that might every now and then that's what they are
0: i chris remind me definitely put a pin in this and talk about this in third segment cuz that's always the segment that we reserve for sure i'm just where I'm, do I'm we your, where do I'm, we go from here yeah i'm i'm your alexa sure i get it Thank you. Well, I mean, I'll just perfet and then we'll just go from there. Um, But to Jeremy's point, let's talk about Aiden Hutchinson for just a moment, because we want to talk about individual yes. performances, right?
1: True. So I, I was talking with someone actually on our post-game stream about this, one of our callers, and I don't think Aiden Hutchinson had a good game, and it's kind of fitting a pattern of what we see with him in that there's a lot of aggression from him, but he doesn't really – it doesn't finish up, but someone made the great point that, and maybe you can take this Jeremy, cause you're far more film literate than my dumbass is, but <laughs> I'm sure he's not getting help from the defensive tackles because what seems to happen is the edges are just, you know, pressuring and getting penetration, getting penetration and that, but then there's the defensive tackles are pushed off the line so much. You can, they can just move up in the pocket. And make the throw. So there's I don't know. I there there's some of that, and again, some of it is just Aiden's just playing.
2: He's playing undisciplined, let's be honest. Yes, yes. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. He is. Like, yeah. He's a freaking rookie. He doesn't expect some of these quarterbacks to be able to move. Like, I mean, listen, Bailey's app, you should isn't a guy that you should let (laughs) out of your grasp. All right. Like I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat that one and be like, Oh, that's just like, no, it's not Jalen hurts. It's It's not not week one anymore. Right. Right. Talking about Western Kentucky, buddy. And so I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and excuse every single mistake that the Aiden Hutchinson has made. And, and I will say the thing that's disappointing is, is what did Dan Campbell say about Aiden Hutchinson and the mistakes he made? Do you guys remember? So he makes them once. That's not what we've seen. No,
1: we've seen him multiple times and I hate to say it like, He is a rookie. I think he does need development, but he was also sold that Hutchinson was very pro ready. And we've seen other defensive rookies from this past draft coming in and making impacts in their first year, too. So I think there is and I'm not saying look, look, everyone's everyone's development is different. And I think Lions fans, though, are starting to look look towards those other guys like Thibodeau and Davis and being like, well, these guys are performing here, here. And I agree they are cherry picking, but that's what's happening right now is like, they're seeing Davis contributing. They're seeing Thibodeau contributing and, and, but then honing in on where Hutchinson's doing poorly and saying, well, why can't we have that? Well, I don't know, have an difference. answer for it. It's unfair. Well,
0: I'll tell, I'll tell you the difference is the giants are four and one, right. the Eagles are still undefeated and they're, you know, currently up against the Cardinals. So that's what's happening there yeah i just i mean i don't know
2: if, if you guys want to call it a career on Aiden Hudson, go ahead and, and scream it from the top of your lungs at, on twitter did
1: like, we not learn to not do this after jeff okuda have we not learned that rookies let them be rookies
2: i mean there's are i don't know if jeff okuda is the best example because people no, are still pissed no, about this that is, but this,
1: this was not a great game for jeff okuda too we can get into that if you want at some point i don't (laughs) (laughs) I feel yeah I know I agree with you there I I hate to like every time we do these player pieces I don't I feel like we've done Okuda every game and I keep wanting to be like hey can we find a different player to talk about and you know who had
0: a good game I thought was Aline McNeil yeah speaking of DTs sure I thought he made a couple plays like and and I think the problem that a lot of people had with McNeil so far was that he wasn't showing up Like he wasn't making plays. He wasn't flashing. And it's like, well, he made some plays today. I I very distinctly remember a third and short play where he wrapped up Ramondre Stevenson and held him from getting a first down, which forced a field goal, which the Lions couldn't even muster up today.
2: So, um, yeah, I I don't know what else to say about individual performances. I I think they missed Charles Harris in this game because, I don't know, I... (laughs) Austin Bryan is okay, no, but can't what tackle people and what has well, Charles Harris done this year though? You know what I fair. mean? Like, well, okay, yeah. well, okay. So let let's follow a trend here. If Aiden yeah. Hutchinson is struggling, if Charles Harris is struggling, if if Austin Bryan is struggling, if if I mean Julian Acuaro was a guy I think that that maybe we thought we're gonna let's take another step. Like, at what point do we go? Okay, well, maybe the coaching isn't doing their job either in developing these guys.
1: Or they're just, or the scheme, or scheme wise, they're just not putting them in a great spot for. Because, like, look, we we saw it last week too. Like, we what was our problem is
2: the like the aggression
1: on the defense, and they're just not getting home.
2: Lines zero quarterback hits today on Bailey Zappy, zero, Bupkis. yeah, Texas and, and perfect drop back twenty one times. They had their
1: shots. Yep. Um. The only other part I want to hit on player performance is I know we hit him a little bit in the first segment, but do we have anything else to say? Like, did we cover everything on Jared Goff? I just, I, I feel like every week we're going to keep doing this with Jared Goff. And I know he's not the only problem on that offense. There's a lot of problems with that offense right now, but as we said in the first segment, this is the kind of game where every weakness of golf was on display.
2: I, yeah, I, I just I, I think I like the the relapse analogy here. Because when he was put into pressure pressure situations, he went back to those old like, I'm going to somehow try to run my way out of this. The spin move when, came back. when we when we all know that isn't possible for with him. Like, I know I know. He did a little bit in the first few games, but that was more like stepping up in the pocket. This is him trying to do these outside escapes when he just has, doesn't have the athleticism to do it. And the name of the game, man, if if you if you decide you're going to tuck and run, you you have to protect the football. And I, I I can't tell you how many people over the first four weeks of the season were like, well, he's, he's doing so, so, such a be- better job taking care of the football. It's not making any, you know, backbreaking mistakes. And that's a low bar to set one. But two, he had just two absolute backbreaking turnovers in this game, and let's not kid ourselves, man. This guy had three or four or five interceptions this year that should have been interceptions. He led the league in turnover-worthy plays going into this week. I, I don't, I want to believe that the Jared Goff that we saw that didn't turn the ball over a lot at the beginning of this year and the end of last year is the real Jared Goff, but there is a mountain of evidence that that's not him there's a mountain of evidence that when literal pressure comes up, he doesn't know how to react. He is one of the worst quarterbacks when pressured. That's statistically factual. And so I'm sorry, like when you get fall behind way, way behind in these games and you need to turn things around and, and but you're suddenly in a lot of obvious passing downs, Jared Goff is not going to be the one to pull you out of it. He just isn't.
0: I I think one of the most frustrating stats from today is the lions had the ball at new england's 25 they had the football at new england's 31 they had the football at new england's 18 no points in any of those situations and guess what i'm not talking about late in the game where you know the patriots are up by 20 something I'm talking about when the game was still well within hand. All of those possessions happened in the first fricking half. And one of those possessions was the, <clears throat> the lions are down three, nothing Goff throws that interception to TJ Hawkinson and whatever. If you want to say that um, Jack Jones made a good play, fine, whatever. I don't care. He, he still totally missed him in coverage and he was playing in that yeah. underneath the zone. Yeah. So like, there's, there's that play. And then there's the fumble touchdown. Like the fumble touchdown is just oh, so bad, it. so bad, so bad. Um, But yeah, I mean, if, if you want to go box score cruising about Jared Goff, what does his box score look like today? 19 of 35, 229 yards, an interception, a fumble. 62.7 passer rating. A 6.6 QBR.
2: I don't want to turn this into a golf smashing podcast because Lord knows everyone thinks we do that anyways, but I don't know how you can look at his performance.
0: Um, Earlier in the first segment, we talked about pass pro. Like I thought, I thought pass pro like from the, from the front five was, was pretty bad. Like I, I, I don't think that the guys were up to the task today. And I, I, I largely think that if we're going to talk about individual performances and we can talk about the coaching staff, like Dan Campbell, like, I get it. When he goes up in front of the podium and he says, like, this one's on me, like, they weren't well-coached, they weren't prepared, blah, blah, blah. Like, part of me thinks that, like, that has to do with, like, the front five because this is a strength of this football team. Yeah. They wanted to continue running the football even when they were down, as I said, by multiple scores. So they still view their – front five as a very strong unit that they can get behind and they can rally behind. And you had Jonah Jackson out there. You had Frank Ragdow. You had both your tackles. Like the lions offensive line was pretty much intact for the most part. And it didn't, it didn't matter. It didn't matter.
2: Well, it was also kind of, interesting not not all that surprising i guess like you could tell that the game plan today was to run the ball a ton and they just had they had to get away from it because of obvious Both situations teams. but Both like Lo- want to run the ball logan stenberg started this game yeah which is mm-hmm. kind of an interesting choice over evan interesting. brown but of course once the wheel started coming off and they knew they were gonna have to throw it a bunch of times they're like oh we gotta get we gotta get him out of here <laughs> yeah. evan brown come save evan us. brown yeah. Um, yeah,
1: yeah um i do
0: want to it's so funny that this football team's like, Evan Brown, come save us. You're our only Please home. help us Evan Brown. <laughs> Please. We need you to help establish oh, the run. Oh man. I hate this football team. I hope they get better. I think I had
1: one more note here that we need to talk about it and I know this this feels like even more of a... This is going to sound weird saying that this is probably the wet blanket to throw on this because we are at least having some gallows humor here but um, this game was rough because of what happened to Savion Smith, yeah, early on in this game. Um, do
2: we is uh,
1: Jeremy, is there any update on him or, yeah,
2: so he does have movement in all of it ex- for, for the, the background? He, probably,
1: he, he got he had to be put like uh, on a backboarded. board, right? backboarded yep. and everything out of this game,
2: yep, suffered a neck injury, uh, just a hor- horrific scene watching his dad climb into an ambulance with him. And, and carted off of Gillette field. Um, and it, you know, it obviously took a really long time to get all that done properly. And that, that, I mean, that emotionally takes it out of you. Right. And and no one should use that as, as an excuse for, for what happened afterwards, but um, it just, it's just like a, a hamper on the day. It happens in the second defensive play of, of the day. Um, but yeah, the good news is that Dan Campbell said after the game, you know, he has movement and, and feeling in all of his extremities, and they're hoping that he gets to actually fly back with the team um, on, on the team uh, airplanes. So hopefully all that happens. It uh, looks like we, we avoided a, you know, very, very serious injury. But, um, you know, hopefully hopefully everything maintains the, the upward trajectory in, in, in the news we're hearing there. But, yeah, that and then on top of all the other injuries that happened in this game, just it just made a bad game worse, you know? It yeah. really
0: set the tone for the entire game though, right?
2: Yeah. You
0: know what I mean? Like, Lions get scored on, Patriots get the ball back. I mean, ugh. I I, I think the worst thing, right, was probably seeing the passenger side door open and them like, beckoning Savion. Was that his dad? Or was that yep. another family that member? Father, the, yeah.
2: His dad and his uncle were there. Okay. Uh, according to Campbell, yeah.
0: So I mean, just beckoning them to like get in the ambulance
2: with them. It makes it sick, man. And and even watching the game, like I felt like the next three or four possessions, I was in a haze. Like I didn't want to cover the game. I just like, and and you have to imagine like to the to the players that know him. How are the players still
1: playing? Yeah, right? like yeah. that's that's hard. It's just, uh, compound that on everything that's been going across the league in the past two weeks or so. Starting and it feels like Tua was the opening salvo to a brand new wave of just oh my god, there are some horrific, there are some horrific like injuries to the head, neck, and spine that are happening once again in the NFL, and it's right yeah. there in front of you on your TV.
0: Yeah, and and I don't want to get too much into the Zapruder film of his injury or anything like that, but like watching it on the first replay, it was like was it his leg was it you know something like and then all of a sudden you hear like i'm not even here but like you're just watching the entire scene unfold and it's like there's an ambulance on the field and he's being backboarded and then all of a sudden it's it's a neck injury and it's like my god man like you also think about like a a guy who has an opportunity to step up and play right like Amani or is the guy who gets healthy and active. and Savion Smith is the guy who's going to step up and play for him. And, and that's what quarter, happens. He loses his opportunity.
1: Well, we hope it's not the end of the career for Savion Smith. We hope to see him back and hopefully he's healthy and discharged soon. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to look forward. I will play Alexa for Ryan again and well i don't i'm not going to promise a silver lining out of any of this (laughs) but the best news i can give you is that there's no lions football next sunday that's the best news i can give you
2: i swear to god if one of you tweets me a joke of the lions lost the bye week block 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 report
0: you're all blocked none of you are free from sin you 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 said guys and i thought you were talking to Chris and I and I was I like, mean, I would never do that. That's that's a low you're, you're talking to, to f- all of you out listening. We <laughs> love royal, you. But- the
1: royal royal you. We'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. to Detroit podcast, cast where I think we are fraying at the edges here. I, uh, I I have faith in the integrity of our crew. I think it is a good crew. But there are days where I worry that we'll get to the end of the year sometimes intact. Jeremy might be very close to a psychotic break at some point here.
0: Ryan, I think, is about to become the Joker. You fellas got any new show recommendations? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's has been of bit sug- that I'm doing right now. There's been suggestions
1: often off when we were exclusive to Twitch about potentially just abandoning all of this for a week. I won't let that happen. I'm having too much fun harassing
0: you people. Does I'm Jeremy tormentor. have reviews to read? We do have reviews to read. I, I sure do. I, because I have a question to ask after that, so Jeremy, you
2: should go. Yes, and I have your Alexa re- uh, report here too. To Thank you, me. Chris. All right, Uh, two our our final two reviews before we're completely caught up. And if I missed you, I'm sorry. Dylan Huber, five-star, says, would have given a six-star if I could. I don't think you guys realize how great you make my football season. The midweek content that you put out for my commute to and from work gets me from sunday to sunday seamlessly and i enjoy every second of it i think it might get looked over how as to how much work you guys actually do to provide us with this and i speak for everyone on here when i say thank you and go lions
0: i don't know about that last
2: part but thank you for all the nice (laughs) things you said about us we try we try we we desperately try uh last one five stars from eric mlb slash Rev Eric says pride of the podcast. I've been with these guys almost since the beginning. And the danger of it is you feel like you know them, which leads to you yelling at your phone like a maniac and thinking stalkery (laughs) thoughts. Like I think we could be friends. Uh, What, what was my point again? Uh, What was my point again? Oh yeah. The coverage is superb. The writing is top notch and the conversation is entertaining, informative, and easily accessible. Even when they break down the technical stuff between Jeremy's mustache, great writing, Chris's luchador mask, Out of state perspective and Ryan's great baby fan perspective. These guys and their cohorts cohorts are a blessing to Lions fans and kudos to Eric's parents for spelling his name right.
0: Hooray!
1: Hooray! Go Lions! Go Lions! Go Lions! Go Lions! Where do we go from here? I have
0: the yeah. I I have a question from Uncle Indigo. When does the rebuild start?
1: Are you just trying to just? I don't like this this bit (laughs) at all. You're trying to get Jeremy to log off at this point. You really are.
2: (laughs) Both of you are doing a very good job of of making that a distinct possibility.
0: Well, we got to talk about where this team goes from here, right, Chris? Yes. Um, I don't know
1: where this team goes from here, other than straight to the bye week. And I guess my the only question in my head is, what can even be fixed in the bye week right now? And I guess, where do the vibes go in the bye week? Because I think the biggest thing out of this, Ryan, is we've hit on it a few times, is that the Ted Lasso of American football feels around Dan Campbell are completely gone. And I feel like an entire week to stew on that is not going to be healthy, both for fans and I worry maybe for the players themselves at this point. And I wonder. I wonder. First off, on the latter part, how much of it has actually impacted the players? I. I it's a hard thing to figure out to suss out, especially from the outside. Even if we have you know questions to ask them directly, it's never going to be a very straight answer. Sometimes. But also from the fans, like it's going to, it's going to lead to some rough games at Ford Field moving forward. And it's going to lead to a lot of apathy we've talked about. A lot of people immediately bailing over for Pistons and Red Wings because we are on an internal cycle of, let's move on to the next thing that we have a lot of hope for and will immediately break our hearts. But this is a really... I've not dreaded a bye week as much as this. Usually a bye week is like, all right, great. We've got a little bit of respite. We've got a little bit of breath. The only piece of hope i can really offer to the bye week is this team could really use some time to get healthy but that's all i really have and maybe the health does improve they get swift back they get some of the offense the defensive players back maybe that helps them out and they're able to right the ship going into a harder part of the season but there's a lot of damage going into this
0: week off ryan I think that you I think that you hit it on the head in terms of what what is there to look forward to about this football team and it's what they haven't shown you yet. It's Jerry Jacobs. It's potentially the return of Romeo Aquara this season at some point. Who knows? Maybe it's hey you're going to get a chance to see Jamison Williams play football. I just want to see more than two games from DeAndre Swift. That that would be great for me too.
1: Like this team is completely different when you have Swift healthy and running as hard as he does. Like it adds a completely different element to this team.
0: Yeah. Um. Hey, remind me. Like again, I'm on, I'm, I'm on Ross Saint Brown is is a really good football player, right? Where was he today? You he was know on I mean? a bit
1: of a pitch count, right? I think they had him on like a snap limit here.
0: Yeah, but like, it, it's one of those things where it's like the bye week will bring rest. Hopefully it will bring some regenerative properties. And it's like, I don't know, like maybe Josh Pascal is around the corner. And at least it's one of those things, Jeremy, right? Where like you have to just re... You have to like realign your perspective of things. And I think that after the Washington game, a lot of people's perspectives got thrown out of whack, and they were really brought back down to earth in a way
1: that they were brought sucks. back down to earth and then they it made a crater and then went into the upper mantle of the of the Earth's crust, I would say, yeah. but yes.
0: So so I guess I, I want to ask Jeremy, like, what is the thing that you're looking forward to the most coming out of the bye week?
2: Well, OK, this is where I'm just going to rebound the entire podcast and try to try to finish on a high note here because. Get the Kool-Aid. Come you, on. You, I got I got it for you. Let's luck, go. Let's man. go. Let's okay, go. Man. So, oh, well, let me fucking talk. <laughs> <laughs> you, you say the pendulum swinged in a very hard direction after that Washington game, correct? Everyone's yeah. well, guess what it's doing right now. It's swinging a little too hard in the negative as well. Agreed. This team was not I mean I hate to keep going back to it, but they were not a team that deserved to lose 29 nothing in this game. Like they were better than that. They 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 messed up on critical downs. And listen, good teams don't do that. I understand that. I'm not I'm not trying to sell you that the Detroit Lions are a good team, but they're not this bad of a team. And so they will continue to win games. They will. It won't be, won't be seven, won't be eight, won't be nine, might be seven, won't be eight or nine, but they're going to get better. They, they're going to get some of these guys back. I'm with you, Chris, like DeAndre Swift on this team makes them an entirely different team because they are still, I mean, there are still Jamal Williams runs where he's not getting touched until eight yards downfield. And we know once Jamal Williams gets touched for the most part, unless he has a vicious stiff arm, he's going to get eight or nine yards total. Yeah. I Swift can turn those into 30.
1: Into I also 40, forgot to fifty. I also forgot to mention one name, and it's one name I know
2: you have not forgotten. But Jamison Williams is around the corner too. Yeah, and so the offense. I I still think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the offense. I am very skeptical of Jared Goff, and I think we've voiced as much as we can about that. But let's see with all the healthy parts what happens. Let's see if he can bounce back and be the guy that 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 we saw through through the first few weeks of the season. If there's anything I've learned
0: about having young children, it's about security and what a good blankie can do for somebody. How much of that is affecting Jared Goff? Like not having DeAndre Swift is more than just like the run game. Sure. It's like losing your security blanket in the passing game, right? Like you don't have a guy who can literally be (laughs) – Flat backed, or I'm sorry, he was, <laughs> he was on his stomach, all four limbs spread out across the ground, and then he runs up and scores a touchdown. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like, I feel like we're kind of underestimating how
2: much DeAndre Swift matters. Sure, but I, I, I still feel like this passing game too has a dimension that it needs it to does. hit. Because yeah. I mean, DJ Shark has been missed. like, where is this deep ball? What that, did you, you think about that? Team? What did you think about that?
0: Like DJ Shark getting ruled out after like having like a encouraging thursday right it was like oh like he's back to practice like he's he says his ankle
2: feels better and then all of a sudden it was no practice on friday and he's not playing i don't know i i I think i think and here's something that's kind of been bubbling within me a little bit like this team is suffering a lot of midweek injuries a lot of in practice injuries and that to me seems a little bit abnormal like charles harris groin injury on thursday out I mean, the the Taylor Decker injury w- was during a practice. Uh, Jonah Jackson's finger injury was during a practice. That to me seems very odd. And I'm I'm not accusing anyone of anything. Not saying they're practicing too hard. I'm not saying they're they're whatever. It's just being odd reckless to me. or anything. Yeah, right. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't I don't get to see practice. I get to see 15 minutes of warm up, so I can't really tell you any of that. But it's weird, and it's certainly hitting hurting this team right now. Right? It, it we're we're going into this week. Every week, we will be like, okay, well, these guys got injured last week. They might not play. And then suddenly, like, the laundry list of injuries is two times longer by Friday, and it doesn't make any sense. Um, so it, it's frustrating, whatever. It's getting away from my further point. So o- offensively speaking, I still think there's a lot of reason why you should be optimistic, why this team is going to be fun to watch. Like, through the first four weeks, it was fun to watch, right? It was it was kind of chaotic and stressful and frustrating at times, but they were fun. Ever yeah. Like, nationally – Nationally, people are saying, oh man, like these these Thursday games suck. Like, at least put an entertaining team, an entertaining bad team like the Lions out in there after today. Might want to go back on that. But defensively speaking, I that's the that's the hard part, right? It, it's hard to see the the turning of the corner defensively. And we talked about this last week. It didn't I mean maybe it turned a, a small corner this week, but who are the reinforcements that are coming in? Cause I don't feel like Romeo's close to coming. I don't, I mean, Josh Pascal is going to help a little bit. Hopefully some of these guys in the secondary get healthy, but Kaminsky, maybe Kaminsky I mean, will, will, will help a little bit, but I, I mean, the problems right now, like secondary is just a mess. They yeah. they, they overturned three starting jobs today in the hopes of, of uh, adding a spark. And then everyone got injured. So I don't know. I'll have to see the tape, see how A.G. Parker did. Maybe he holds on to that starting job. I don't know what happens between Will Harris and Amani. Jeff Okuda is OK, but like, I, I, you know, I I would say I even saw some promising stuff out of, out of Kirby Joseph on, on one of the Jeff Okuda pass interference. He made a really good play on the ball. So, I mean, maybe maybe that's where your optimism lays. But like I, it, it's the kind of optimism that we had last year about the defense where it's just like, OK, the young players might get a little better as the season goes on. But we all understand this is not a good defense. Go let Chris. me
1: ask you. Let me ask you guys something. Because I don't think anyone's getting fired. I think people who are expecting Aaron Glenn to be fired through this bye week, and I've been wrong a lot. I'm always wrong. But I don't see the person who can take over for AG. So I don't expect anything that drastic of a change. But I guess my question is, do you expect any kind of change to how the defense or offense is being run and operated by this coaching staff? Are you expecting even, even if it's just a yes no answer and you want to like grade the 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 probabilities of yes or no, something will change? Yeah. What what do you see? Like what, what do you see coming down the pike?
2: I d I don't know what's gonna happen, but if there's one thing this coaching staff has shown, this week included, it's like they're not gonna sit on their hands when bad things happen. Right, They didn't sit on him last year. They didn't sit him on this week. They, they made a shit ton of changes to the lineup. Didn't work. But Dan Kimball, again, he came out today like, we got to change something. We're going to change things up. We're going to mix things up. And it's the one part I do respect about this regime because God knows the last one was stubborn and just kept trying to shove the, the round peg in, in the square hole. <laughs> Unfortunately, the results are, are still ultimately the same. But I'll... I'll give more respect to someone who goes down swinging and goes down trying to adjust and figuring out any sort of problem. And listen, there has to be at least a little bit of faith that they might turn something around defensively with the way that they turn things around so drastically on offense. Like the offense was really down bad last year at this point in the season, and they've they've come pretty much full circle. I know today's a bad example because they, they got off. They got offered, but. They're, they're, I mean, Dan Campbell's not going to be complacent. That's, that's the thing I think we can all be absolutely certain of. I don't know what they do. And again, I don't know if any of it's going to end up working, but they, they are certainly going to go to work and and figure something out to change because they, they don't like sitting on their hands. I think the thing that, not that
0: they're hoping is going to change coming out of the bye, but the one thing that they'll maybe have the benefit of is rest and recovery, right? I mean, if you're hoping that Jerry Jacobs is going to be the, uh, all pro pro bowl, you know, all PFF team defender that many people think he's going to be, um, he'll help. You know what I mean? Like sure. Josh Pascal, we really don't know what he can bring to the table, but you hope that he can help as a second round pick and whether the lions get Kaminsky coming out of the bye, I mean, that was a guy that like, definitely made an impact like on on a down to down basis he was he was an important player so maybe if you're looking at it from the perspective of like what in god's name could help this defense it's like reinforcements hopefully reinforcements can help them and when it comes to the offense today just seems like such a hey it's funny because we said last week was the game that the, def- the defense wanted to like ball up and throw away or wanted to bury the tape or whatever the hell you wanted to say. But like for the offense, I mean, today is something like we need to have goldfish memory. If you want to borrow Ted Lasso, like it's one of those things where it's like we need to forget about this game as soon as possible. Agreed. Wipe it from the memory.
1: Yeah. Reboot. One of those things from Men in Black, I guess. I don't know. I guess there's only (laughs) another. I was about to say, I have one more question for you guys. Are we done? Please. I can tell Jeremy's been done for a minute. With what? Are we done with what?
2: (laughs) Are we done with the podcast? Are we done with this football
1: team? We could could take this to very grim (laughs) avenues. Let's just say the podcast. (sighs) Yeah. Well, even then, that, that makes it sound very grim. It makes it sound like this might be the last one. It's not.
0: It won't. You know why? God
1: compels us to continue to churn these things out. You're goddamn right. We will keep charging at that windmill again and again and again. We hope you will join us next time on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I don't know, looking at Jeremy right now, he might not be there for that charge.
0: He'll be there. I'll make sure he's there. Wow. Is that a, is that a threat? It's a promise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. We hope we took the edge off from this for you. We'll see you Starside. side. The Ride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all natural black Angus beef and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com.